Have a snack, pull up a chair, and pass the remote. I'm James Chalmers, and with me, as always, is Tina Harris Natus. Hello! Still just the two of us, uh, our friend. Just the two of us. You and I. We can make it if we try. Um, our friend Nick is no longer in America. He's now traversed the globe to Iceland, mm. uh, which uh, is looking pretty cool, no pun intended. <laughs> he actually put up a photo today, um, and he's like these baths or like these kind of like cool aqua place i don't know yeah um and i'm pretty sure in fact i'm almost certain that was where they shot uh scenes from hostel part two. Oh, cool i saw the clip that he had of the geyser go off mm. that was really cool yeah so he's still uh mulling around the globe a bit longer but we'll have him back soon i think he's is he back in september or before september <sighs> i don't know <laughs> no because he's gone for about six weeks i think he's been yeah. gone for at least three now so. <clears throat> yeah we miss you, Nick. Come back. We uh, don't really uh, do the traditional dinner and record anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because we're just kind of... Well, we just had it. dinner and dessert, and now we're recording. I guess. Um, cool. So once again, <clears throat> it's going to be a not-so-traditional episode. There's no topic, but we've got a bunch of news. I've got one trailer, and we've got a couple of movies to review. And we'll probably talk about Game of Thrones, I imagine, as well. Um, so I'm going to hit you with some news. Not much this week, a little bit less than uh, last time. First of all, finally, Wonder Woman 2 has a release date. Cool. We're going to get it December 13, 2019. Yep. So that's like just over two years away. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So we've got Shazam and Wonder Woman locked in and somewhere in between those two or squad, I think. So... pretty sure December the 13th is Loki's birthday. Well, he is a wonder pup, so yes, that would do it. Um, it's also been announced that Joss Whedon is going to be a lot more involved in the DC movies. Um, he's going to kind of take over from Zack Snyder in that capacity. Cool. Completely. Which I think is a good thing. Like, mm. it's obviously, you know, it's tragic what happened to Zack Snyder, his, his family, and what's going on. But Joss Whedon is a big part of that, those first two phases of Marvel. Like, he really yeah. made that Avengers movie and mm. kind of redefined what that universe <clears> was. So I think that's a great choice. Um... Uh, Game of Thrones, they've finished writing the final scripts, so the entire final season is written. Wow. Um, they haven't announced a shooting date or when they plan to. The... So does that mean that this final season is going to come out before the final book comes yeah, out? Yeah, it will. Um, the next book is meant to be coming out, I think it's still going to be a little while longer, I think it might be next year. Which makes me then wonder, will the TV show dictate what happens in the book, or... Will George R. R. Martin still make the book a bit like how his vision for it is? I think it's going to be. And the book more... might be a little bit different from I the TV show. I think it's going to be show. more like that because, for example, there are characters in the book that ha- have not shown up in the show and at this point probably weren't, like Lady Stoneheart, which is like the reincarnated yeah. version of Catelyn Stark. I just don't think we're going to see her now. It's yeah. very late in the game. Uh, the last thing that happened in the book was that Jon Snow died. Um, mm. so we're already like seeing a bunch of stuff that hasn't happened in the books. Okay. I mean, even if 
it does follow the storyline of the TV show more closely now, it's still going to be a lot more dense because there's so much more to do in the book and yeah. whatnot. So, um, but no, I think, I think the way he kind of did it was he was kind of like, these are the main plot points you need to worry about, like, because he's also very old. So he was like, look, I might die. So here's how the show would finish yeah. if I was going to write it. And then he can kind of focus on his story as well because they are still very similar. There's just going to be a couple of little changes, mm. I imagine. Um, so they haven't announced they're going to shoot that yet. Like everyone assumed it's going to be 2018, but we really don't know. Like they yeah. might do a Westworld and take a year off or something. Mm. Um, we also didn't talk about that trailer last week, um, but maybe we will. Um, and also in terms of Game of Thrones, they've released all the running times for the episodes now because yep. there's only five left, and. Um, the last two are like well over an hour. Like the second last one's like an hour and fifteen or something. The last one's like an hour and a half almost. Mm. So well, George R. R. Martin's only sixty-eight. Oh really? Yeah. I think he just looks old, so everyone assumes he's older than he is. Yeah. Like um, Stephen King's older than him. Oh, there you go. Never mind. Mm. Um, and the last little bit of news is about a TV show we haven't watched or talked about in a long time, and that's Gotham. We kind of abandoned that towards into season two because just. Got a little bit convoluted and was kind of doing things with characters that I didn't particularly like. Um, but I have heard from a couple of people that we've got to get back into it because season three apparently is very cool. Mm. Season four, they're going to borrow from two major storylines in the comics. The first one is Batman Year One, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's the first time Bruce Wayne goes out as Batman. And apparently like this, in season three, it kind of ended with Bruce Wayne, like teenage Bruce Wayne, taking down a mugger for the first time. Oh, okay. So they're going to borrow from that apparently. So we might see him going into training. Or we might mm. see him just kind of going out and getting, getting his ass kicked a bit first and then kind of like figuring out what he's going to be. And the other storyline they're talking about borrowing from is The Long Halloween, which is a very famous storyline, which is all about um, Batman trying to figure out who keeps assassinating these different mob bosses. And it's this whole like kind of mob war and then like all the different villains show up at one point, like Catwoman's a big part of it. The Riddler's a part of it. Calendar Man's part of it and stuff. So... Very cool storyline. Mm. So I think I've got to like kind of catch up on Gotham now because yeah. it's going to get really interesting. Pardon me. So that's all my news, unless I'm missing anything. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything either. Um, we've got a couple of movies to review. That's what we're going to dive into next. But maybe we'll start with... Um, let's start with Game of Thrones. Because that was the, the first thing we watched this oh, week. Well, you're asking... Like... Uh, it's been almost an, an entire it week, has. so I can't really remember what's happened. That's okay. We'll, I remember. Well, I remember a couple of different plot points, so um, we'll kind of discuss it. And if we run out of steam, we'll just move on. Yeah. Um, the first being that John has finally received a raven from Tyrion. Yep. Because now that oh, by the way, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers from this point onwards. Yeah. Um, so uh, Daenerys landed in Dragonstone with Tyrion and and her army. Yep. And she was consulting with all the different women of Westeros. Like she was talking to um Illyria Sand, which was Oberon's mm. um lover, and also Elena Tyrell, which was yep. Marjorie's mum, and there was someone else there as well, I think. Yeah, um oh, the, 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 the uh, Yeah, that's right. Theon and Yara Greyjoy. Mm. So she's talking to them and Tyrion sends a raven out to Winterfell. Yep. And John's been invited down to uh, bend the knee. To bend the knee, and the whole, a lot of his storyline was basically kind of, will he go down or won't he? Because right now the North is at their most vulnerable, they should really be kind of building their army and ready for the oncoming war, mm. but at the same time it's kind of like, look, we need allies, 
And there's no greater ally in the war against ice than a dragon. Yeah. Plus they have, you know, they're literally living in a mountain that's full of dragon glass so mm. they can make weapons. Um, plus there's the uh, the oncoming threat of the Lannisters as well. It's like, you know, they can mm. team up. So there's a lot, a lot of that going on. In the meantime, Arya found, uh, went to a little tavern and we've met Hot Pie for the first time in like three seasons. Yes. He's got eaten a lot more pies since then, from the looks of it. Apparently, the actor's actually got opened a, up a. Yeah, a it's pie called. Store. Yeah, the store's called You Know Nothing, John, John Doe. Doe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she finds out that she still has family alive. Mm-hmm. And so, Aya, after all this time, like all this, like she's been working to train to be an assassin, and she's been like killing people over the list, and she's about to go down to uh, King's Landing, and now she's decided, oh, but of a family, so I'm going to go back and yep. find them. Unfortunately, <laughs> she's almost there and Jon Snow's just left. Yep. So she'll see Sansa, but that'll still be cool. Yeah. She. In fact, I wonder if maybe she'll be instrumental in the final dispatching of Littlefinger. Oh, yeah. Because she kind of never trusted him as well. Yeah. And she kind of knew there was a bit of a crook, so it kind of makes sense that maybe <coughs> such a skilled maybe assassin. Maybe she kills him. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Um... Sam is still trained to be a maester, yep. That's right. and he f- thinks he might have found the cure for grayscale. Which is to basically just rip it off. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most... Uh... Gross? Well, I would say that, but the week before we had him literally like putting turds into buckets and stuff. No, but that's the thing. I think it's different because like we all know what poo looks like, and mm. that's poo. And you go, oh yeah, it sucks for him, he's cleaning up poo. But this is like pussy... <laughs> Bloody yeah, that didn't skinning. Really, that didn't really bug me that much. I know it, it bugged you. Like, you were winting the whole time. Yeah, because like, it was pussy. Um, whereas I was more grossed out by the poop the week before. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, like, because you don't <coughs> really see that in movies or TV very, mm. very often. Is it because he kept going, huh? Well, there's a lot. And also, like, it was also kind of cut between people eating. It was like yeah, poop, that's eating. And, like, the food was very similar colours. Yeah, stuff. that's right. It was, yeah, it was kind of gross. But, um... So, Sejora is now maybe going to be cured of Grayscale. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's just kind of cool seeing all these different characters finally meeting in the weirdest circumstances. Mm. Um, and the last thing that happened was, well, we, we talked about the big meeting between Daenerys and all those different people before. They were kind of deciding how to start the war, like how they're going to like take down the Lannisters. And they're like, basically... We're going to send the Greyjoy ships to King's Landing to start kind of sacking the city. Yep. And then we're going to send the Tyrell and um, uh, Dawn armies to storm King's Landing from the ground. So the mm. Greyjoy take her from the sea, also from the ground, and then she's going to send her Dothraki army and the Unsullied to Castle Rock. And mm. that's how they're going to take out the Lannisters. Um, so the last scene is the Greyjoy is basically on the ocean on their way to King's Landing. And then out of nowhere... Um, the world's seemingly most u- foolish character, Euron Greyjoy, <laughs> comes in and destroys everything. Yep. Like, it was pretty intense. I, it was probably one of the most intense scenes I've watched since The Mountain and the Viper, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I was really... Game of Thrones is really good kind of playing with your emotions and like kind of sucking you into the storyline. Mm. But for whatever reason, like, when I was watching, I was just like... No, 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 come on, like, we're so close to, like, <laughs> getting everything we want, like, what's happening? And he's such a bastard, and then we lost two of the Sand Snakes, like, they yep. both got killed. Um, the mother's still around, she was having a bit of a romance with Yara before it all started. Um, 
and then you're on yeah like they kill like the two sansites they get they capture the other two women i don't know what they're going to do with them but i'm going to say it's not pleasant um and it basically ends with him holding his axe his really yeah. cool like um awesome axe uh kraken axe to yara's throat beckoning uh theon to be like come on save your sister or whatever and he just jumps out of the boat. Yeah, but see, the thing with that is, I reckon if he had taken a step towards Yara, his mm. uncle would have just cut his cut Yara's throat. Well, I don't think so. And... I think he wants it. To, I think she's. I think she's meant to be the gift, like for Cersei. Like remember, he's like, I'm going to bring a gift back for you. Oh, okay. Um, and maybe I don't know why or how she's going to play into that, but maybe that'll come into play later. Um, also, oh, actually, no, I think. I just thought of it. I think the actual gift is Ilaria Sand because she murdered Cersei's daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, that does make more sense. Um, but but also, the... like, you know, Theon, like, he was tortured for well, a really long time. Well, that's a really good point. And I was never like, what a jerk. I was just kind of like, come on, like, we just, we all need to catch a break. But someone pointed out online, and I thought this is really interesting, they're like, there's no way Theon did that out of cowardice. Like, it seems mm. that way, and that's what we expect from him. Mm. But every time he's been in a situation where it's been fight or flight, he's always fled because he believes in the bigger picture. Yeah. He's never died when he fled. He's always gone off, and he's been instrumental in changing things. Yeah. Um, like, he was the one who rescued Sansa. Like, yeah. all these different things. Luna's getting grumpy. <laughs> she doesn't like him she either. She doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So... Um, Theon's obviously got a bit more time to, a bit more, th- a few more things to do in the show. I don't know what's going to happen to him in the end. I can't imagine he survives yeah. this story. Like, if Cersei doesn't kill him, one of the Starks definitely will. Like, he's just betrayed them too many times mm. and stuff. Um, but it was after a strong beginning to the season because I thought that season that episode one was really good. It was a great follow up. Like, they're not pulling any punches. They're not. Mm. It, there's no more kind of kind of lulls in this show. Like, it's full steam yeah. ahead now. Like, we've got five more to go with this season, six more in the season after that. So, 11 episodes left of this entire show. They're just going to be going full steam ahead now, I think. Mm. So, um, I'm very excited. And the best thing is, we've got less than 24 hours the next episode comes out oh, now. Yay. So, um, that week went really quick. But, um, yeah, I'm digging it. I, I'm really enjoying this season. Mm, so am I. Cool. Let's review some movies. Um, I had some backups just in case, but we actually did something kind of bizarre for us, and we went to the cinemas twice this week. Mm. Um, I guess it's not so weird for me, because every now and then I'll catch a movie midweek, and then we'll go on the weekend. But we went twice in one weekend together. Yeah, um, we haven't done that since the early days. Mm. Um, so the first movie we saw uh, was Edgar Wright's new film, Baby Driver. Yep. First movie in... I want to say four or five years, because the last thing he did was Scott Pilgrim. Um, was it really that long ago? Scott Pilgrim's really old. Oh, wait, maybe maybe Scott Pilgrim was before World's End. Maybe World's, End is, maybe World's End is the last one. World's End is 2013, and Scott Pilgrim is 2010. Sorry, he did that in between. I thought he finished the Cornetto Trilogy first, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, so World's End. That's still four years ago. Um... And I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it too. I thought it was really good. Um, I, I, um... Spoilers, by the way. We're yeah. going to spoil the 
crap out of it. Yeah. So. Um, obviously, like, you know, it's different from the Cornetto trilogy. Um, and I think, it, and obviously it needs to be because, I mean, it's, there's no point in it being similar to, to that trilogy when that trilogy is like a, in its own standalone thing. Mm. Um, what I really liked about this movie is that, and this is going to sound weird, but is that there actually wasn't much of a story. It's very simple. And yeah. One of the things for me, and I mentioned it after we came out of cinema, it felt very classic cinema yes. to me. I felt that too. Um, I felt like it didn't it didn't go into a whole bunch of exposition as to how he got into that position or why he's there and blah 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 blah. But I I felt satisfied with that. Mm. I didn't feel like I needed to know that because that's not what the movie was addressing. No. Sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so I actually really liked that. And yeah, b- because uh, because it was more of that classic, I don't know, yeah, it just had that classic cinema feel. Well, which is what I also mm. think um, makes uh, Deborah such a forgiving character being such a damsel in distress. Yeah. You kind of go, that's all right, because it's in that classic style. And she's not even really... I did refer to her as a damsel in distress, but she's not really, but she's just the girl. Yeah, that's right. Like, more that's, than anything, that's all she really like, is. She's kind of there as eye candy and as a love interest, and they don't mm. spend a whole lot of time developing their romance mm. because there's so much else going on in there. And she does get a chance to hold her own at the end. Like, she's definitely not like, yeah. a, a weak character. Mm. But I can imagine a lot of people getting onto message boards on the internet being like, this isn't a strong female story. Like, it, I can imagine people mm. getting annoyed at it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty strong to see the guy that you're interested in kill someone in front of you and just keep going with it. That's pretty strong to me. Yeah, I know. But like, Very I, Bonnie and Clyde. Knowing, knowing the internet, like, there's <laughs> yeah. someone who's mm. disappointed um, you raise up a good point about it not being like the Cornetto trilogy, and I agree. And I don't think it should be compared to them. Like those are three very small stories told in little British villages mm. um, about, and they're big, they're big ideas in small places. I get, I guess. Um, and then Scott Pilgrim's completely different again. But this film, like, it feels like a real kind of graduation for Edgar Wright. And I'm not saying it's his best film. I'm not saying it's my favorite or it's his funniest. Um, or any of those things, but it does feel like he's taken a step into another level of filmmaking. Like, mm. just the overall scope of this film. Like, it reminded me of... Do you remember when you watched The Dark Knight for the first time, and, like, the first shot is just that city. Yeah. And then the guy, like, shoots the thing into the window, and you can't get over how big it is. Like, mm. it's just, like those old Batman movies in the 90s, they're all shot on sound stages. And then to see that movie, it's just like... Like, Nolan used the scope of the real world. And this felt exactly the same. Like, mm. nothing felt like it was shot on set. So I'm sure many of them were. Yeah. It felt like it was from the real world. Yeah. And that's a much bigger film than Edgar Wright shot before. Like, even Scott Pilgrim is, feels very small. Like, it's a very small story. Mm. Um, and the cast is excellent. Like, uh, is it Ansel Egort? Yeah. He's got a bit of a strange name. But he mm. was in The Fault in Our Stars as well. Yeah. Um, and he's fantastic, like a really great leading man, totally sympathetic, but also has that classic swagger of like... Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort, yeah. He was at one stage up for the role of Han Solo. Was he? Like in the young Han Solo film, which I would have been cool with, but with some other guy. But yeah, he's great. He plays it, like he walks the line really well, like he does seem very tough and badass, but also... Charming and funny yeah. at the same time. Mm. 
Um, Lily James plays Deborah, um, and she hasn't been in much, but she was Cinderella, which I still haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but she was also in... Oh, that's where I know her from. Mm. But she was also in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which I did see, and I did quite like. Okay. And she's great in it. Mm. Um, and I really liked her in this, like, again, I thought she was very charming and funny, and, like, just... She fit the role of the girl uh, perfectly. I remember, yeah. She, I, I was in the movie. I was like, I can't pick her face. She's from Downton Abbey as well. So yes, that's yeah, she is. I recognise um, her. Then we've got Kevin Spacey, who's fantastic. Like he's always good, mm. but I don't. I'm not used to seeing him play a villain. Even though I guess he does mainly play villains. Like the only other things I've seen him at were Lex Luthor, which is a villain. Yeah. And uh, John Doe in Seven, which is a villain. And he plays Frank Underwood in House of Cards, which I haven't watched. But he's not a good guy in that either. So mm. I don't know why I'm surprised. But it was just kind of nice to see him play that role um, and play it so well. Um, we also had John Hamm, who's great. Yeah. John Hamm's a great villain. Mm. Like, again, like, I'm used to seeing him play very suave roles or he seems like he... Yeah. Like, he seems like he's... very slick. Mm. Um, but he's... But he works as a slick villain Yeah, he's well. great. And, like, when he goes nuts at the end, like, you totally buy it. Like, it's cool mm. seeing that different angle. Um, Isa Gonzalez, who plays his love interest, Darling, I thought she was fun. Um, uh... Jamie Foxx, who I, I don't know if I've gone on record as saying it or not, but I will now. I'm not the biggest fan of. I think I'm the only person mm. in the world who really kind of feels like maybe he's not the great actor everyone thinks he is, which might be controversial, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen Ray, so I'll, yeah, I haven't seen I'll Ray hold either. judge until I've seen that. But mm. every time I see him, I just feel like he's just kind of playing himself, which is kind of this cocky jerk. Like That's why Django is probably my least favorite Tarantino film, because I just don't buy him in that role at all. Yeah. And um, I think he was horribly miscast as Electro in that Spider-Man movie. But in this, I thought he was alright. Mm. Like, it seemed like it seemed like the kind of role he should have been playing. Like, I kind of bought him as kind of this pseudo-wannabe gangster doing all these heists or whatever. And I actually found him, like, entertaining as well. So I don't think it was bad. I think he was... This was kind of the right role for his acting style and ability. Yeah. Plus, he gets... Spoilers, spoilers... Killed in the most glorious, glorious oh, way possible. Oh, he gets killed, yeah. Like, it's so it good. so satisfying. So satisfying. Um, if you're not a fan of heavy soundtracks, you probably won't like this movie because there's not barely a moment where there's no music. Yeah, that's right. Um, but they use music in very... Uh, I think they use it very well, um, including that opening scene where um, Harlem Shuffle by Rolling Stones is playing and like mm. all the different lyrics come up as like, graffiti and stuff yeah, in the background. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it would. I think it's a perfect movie to study for um, media as well, just in terms of like diegetic and non-diegetic sound. Well, there's and stuff so many. Like that. There's so many other. Editing's things. really good. It's, it's really good. Yeah, editing. I did see some criticism of the film where people were like, uh, "It's not really edited the same way Edgar Wright normally does. Like his editing style has changed, or it's different in this." Which, first of all, that's fine because it's not part of that original trilogy, and mm. also he's been doing it for you know over twenty years now, like. Yeah. And edit, like, that's the thing. The more you do it, the mm. more you grow as an editor and you learn new things. But not only that, I would disagree. I would say the editing is very Edgar Wright. Like, yeah. You have, do have those quick cuts. You have um, a lot of uh, gunshots and explosions cut to the music. To the, to yeah, the beat of the that music. was awesome. That was really good. Um, there's a lot, a lot of other cool little things that I read up about later. Like, so, for example, in one of the heist meetings, um, the last, the baby pushes the car off the table. Like, he's mm. rolling and falls the... And like falls down backwards and crushes, and it's a blue car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we see that happen later on. Yeah. Um, there's one point where they like get something big and strong, like a four wheel drive, or it's going to like take damage. Mm. 
and that's the car he uses at the end of the film as well, mm. like the same car they talk about. Um, this is very much an Edgar Wright film. Yeah. Like, it totally is. It, it, I think the thing that caught me off guard the most is that I'm so used to him being a comedy director, and when I wasn't laughing my butt off in the first ten minutes, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of a bit slower. And I don't know why, but it took me a while to be like, well, yeah, it's not a comedy. Like, it's yeah. definitely funny. There's definitely funny moments in there. But it's a, it's an action film. Yeah, that's right. And in a world where we're getting a lot of car movies, especially from like that Fast and Furious franchise, mm. it was nice to see a car movie that's different and done well, and like mm. and had a sense of I guess artistry to it, where it felt like it was made by a filmmaker who cares and wants to tell like a cool story and not not have yeah. not to be like following the same template each time. Mm. And also, there's very little CGI in this film. Like I was mm. reading an interview, and like all the stunts are real. Like everything that happens is real. Like yeah. Um. So I dug it. I, I really loved it. And the more I think about it, the more I love it. Like, mm. it's, it's really well done. Like, it's... It might not be the best movie of the year, but it's definitely the coolest movie of the year. Like, he made, like, a... Just a cool movie. Yeah, that's right. And also the ending, um, which we won't talk about too much. I know we spoiled a few things, but I don't want to get too much into it, um, is ambiguous. Um, so the way it ends um, is... Mm. So we see... Uh, screw it, I'm spoiling it. <laughs> so at the end, like, he gets arrested, which is a huge kind of twist. I'd, like, you don't normally see that happen with your hero or whatever. And at the very end, like, you kind of see, like, everything's black and white and it fades into colour. Because it, yeah. it's this memory that he has, yeah, this yeah, dream yeah. he keeps having. Or this vision of him and her, like... And, she, and they drive off. And they drive off. But because it's done in that way where it's a vision, it's kind of meant to be like, did they get, a, did they get together in the end? Because if he was in... Jail for a minimum five to seven years, like he wouldn't look the same. Like they're all both look very young still. Ah, uh, um, yeah. I th- I figured that they did get back together. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, is this a vision or is this real? And then I was reading, and apparently it's kind of open to interpretation. Ah, okay. so you can kind of go with what you believe. And apparently, both the actors, uh, the two main actors, had different opinions. As well, like he thought mm. it was a dream, and she thought they got together in the end. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I dug it. Like. It's it's cool. I don't know what we're going to score it out of. Oh, um, we're going to score it out of iPods. Glittery pink iPods. Glittery pink iPods. Let's do it. I'm going to give it eight glittery pink iPods. Yeah, I'm going to give it eight as well. Nice. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and yeah, even though I said not to compare it, like, it's still... I mean, I think Hot Fuzz is still my favourite Edgar Wright film because just to me, like, there's... It's, it's pretty much a perfect film. Like, there's mm. nothing in that film. I'm like, hey, get rid of that or whatever. Like, it's very funny and very clever and... You always find new things in it, so I, to me, it's just like him at, at his peak. But I love this movie, and I love the direction he's taking. I hope we see a lot more larger scale kind of Edgar Wright films. Mm. Um, even if you decide to come back and do more with these characters, I'd be interested in as well. I don't know what you do next because it was a very self-contained story, but um, I would be I'd be happy to see more of it because it's it's the kind of film that doesn't need a sequel. But if they want to do it, I'd be on board with it. Like, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Uh, let's get on to the next movie we watched. We went to the cinemas today. We uh, scored some double passes to a movie for free, which is always nice. Um, and we went and saw... The, the Big Sick. The Big Sick. Um, starring uh, Kumail Nanjani, who a lot of people probably don't know. Um, his biggest role currently is on Silicon Valley, which is an HBO show, which is excellent, very funny, and 
just really well made. He's also he was also the crazy masseuse in Mike and Dave's New Wedding Dates. Yep. He's been in a bunch of stuff, and he's really like he's also stand up, and his stand up's hilarious. Like I really like him. Mm. Um, but it's a story that he wrote with his wife, um, and basically it's a story of a a stand up comic who meets a girl, kind of hooks up with her, and like we're never gonna get together again. But then they keep hooking up, and they fall in love. And, and then, then she gets sick. And then she gets sick, and they don't know what's wrong with her, and then she's... Put... Oh, no, just before she gets sick, they break up. They break up, and then she gets sick, and she's in a coma, and suddenly he's kind of called upon to be there because there's no one else around, and then it's kind of him dealing with that and meeting her parents for the first time, and him trying to... It, it, there's a lot going trying on. Trying to navigate it's murky kind, waters. It's kind of like, how do you form a relationship with these people who are predisposed to hate you because you broke their daughter's heart? And also dealing with like the cultural ramifications of being of a certain kind of mm. faith. Well, not, not just faith, but also kind of um, nationality where you don't marry who you want. And you certainly don't marry someone out of your culture. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty fantastic. Like, I saw the trailer very early on and I was in. Like, I, as I said, I'm a big fan of this guy. I also like uh, Zoe Kazan or Kazan, I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name. Mm. I like her quite a bit. Um, she was in Happy Thank You More, Please. This yep. Josh Radman. She was in What If with Daniel Radman. Which I haven't seen. And she's also in Ruby Sparks, which I was. Oh, which I want to see. Which I started to watch tonight as well. And then I just. Oh, phone calls and stuff. And we yeah. get to it. But I really like her. I haven't seen her in much, but what I've seen her, I've really dug. I think mm. she's like a really cool. Performer. So those two are the leads, and then we have Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, who are excellent. Yeah. Um, so convincing. Like, Holly Hunter has this mad southern rage. Like, yeah. she's just, like, so protective of the family and stuff. Um, yeah, I guess we... Yeah, what did you think? I was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, I had really, really low expectations of this movie. Mm. I basically, like... Didn't really want to go see it, yeah. but considering that we had like free passes, I was like, why not? Okay. And I saw the trailer and I was like, yeah, I can see how it's like a feel good movie. All right, but I, you know, it's just like one of those. I don't know, I just wasn't in the mood for it's something like, an, like it's that. It's like an indie comedy. Sort of, yeah. Like, and... I, I like, that's the thing. I like indie romantic comedies. I mean, like, I liked What If and stuff mm. like that. But I don't know, like, I just, I wasn't. I wasn't sold on the idea of watching it. I think because I just wasn't in the mood. Sort of yeah. Like that. And I really, really liked it. Like, I totally got sucked in. Mm. I was trying to stop myself from getting sucked <laughs> in. And then at one point, I'm like, Tina, just just allow yourself. And then at the points where I was getting teary, I was like, I can't be getting teary. And, mm. you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get sucked into this movie. And I was like, no, just let it happen. It's just, it's really um, well, it's, first of all, it's really well written. Like It is very, very well he written. He and his wife. Like, and it's very well we, acted. We will say, again, like spoilers again, I guess. Um, I will say this. Um, it's based on a true story. I don't know how much of it's true. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because I, from what I, because I was reading, and nowhere did the illness part come into it. Like, whenever yeah. I read the, but apparently, like, him, like, their relationship getting together is very accurate. And, like, him coming from that family really mm. did, like, that really did put pressure on their relationship. Yeah. It's just the illness part, which I don't know, and they might reveal it later, I'm not sure. But mm. um, that might have been thrown in there to add some drama to the film. Yeah, Either way, right. it's used very effectively. Mm. Um, and I guess it is kind of tougher to tell a story, which is kind of, like, which is basically Romeo and Juliet at that point. Where it's like, my yeah. families don't want us to get married. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I really liked it. My only only issue was with it 
was at certain points in time, I think maybe like three times, mm. um, there was some weirdly edited shots. Okay. And they had um, very, very clearly dubbed over lines. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, yeah, so actually, like, I noticed it once with her. Yeah, and then there was another part with him, and it's like all you see is his back and then his dad that he's having a conversation with or something mm. like that. And you can see the dad talking, and then it's got his line of dialogue, mm. but, like, his head doesn't move when he's talking. Okay, yeah. So, so I think it happened, yeah, it happened, like, three or four times or something like that. And I was yeah. just like, huh, that's clearly, like... They filmed the movie and then they needed, they realized they needed yeah. to reshoot that shot, so they reshot the shot. Mm. Um, but that was my only issue with the movie. I thought it was uh, quite good. I didn't think it was amazing, but I did think it was quite good. I, uh, I mean, I am a sucker for anything, that's gonna make, anything that makes me cry and warms my heart at the same time, I'm a sucker for. Like, yeah. Um, it felt a little bit like, and I know this is kind of like a cliche comparison for this kind of movie, I guess, but it felt a little bit like Ben and Like Beckham. Like... Oh, okay. In, cer- in certain areas. Where See, I did not think that at all. And only because it's about someone who's kind of raised in a family that's very steeped in a, a long-running culture and then trying to break free of it and pursue something else. For her, it was soccer. For him, it's, it's romance or whatever. Mm. But there was some romance in as well. That's the only comparison I can make. And I understand how that kind of seems a little bit, I don't know, like conceded or whatever but there, there was that i was just like oh this kind of feels a bit like that but i think this is better than that yeah um uh, see i i felt that it was very 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 similar to what if so i haven't seen that so yeah. i don't know um or like i don't know i was trying to figure out if it was like predictable or not mm. it's also pretty long for like a yeah a, it didn't feel it, it didn't feel long but it's a two-hour movie like it for kind of a little comedy or comedy drama, like it was pretty long, but it didn't. Yeah, it never felt like it dragged. I was in the entire time. Mm. Um, I love the evolution of the relationship between him and her parents, and like, yeah, that was really good. I, I think Ray Romano is excellent. Yeah, Ray Romano is He's, really good like he plays it. concerned father really well, and mm. he tries not to be a, a jerk to this guy because he did do the right thing, even if he did break her heart at one point. Um. And they do kind of play fast and loose with you a little bit. Like at one point, I never thought she... I did think at one point that she would die until he got the text. And then I was like, okay, she's probably... Like when he said come in, I think it's because she's woken up. Yeah, see, I thought... um, Because spoiler alert, I thought like he got the text. And when he saw inside the door, Mm. because the the lighting and the colours were a bit weird, I thought that was, like, what he was imagining. okay. Sort of thing. And then it would cut to, and it was like, she was, like, dying, sort of thing. Yeah, and once I saw that text, I was like, the way it was written, I'm like, I betcha she's awake. But then they threw threw a curveball, and she, because she's on the drug, she had no filter. Mm. And you got to see how she really felt about him after... The breakup or whatever, and mm. it's kind of hard. And that, and that's the thing because like time isn't passed for her. Exactly, and it's and it's you know heartbreaking because he's finally won her parents over and they're like really like happy to have him as part of their family. Mm. And she's just like no, like I don't yeah. have time for you. Like I don't want to be with you, you really mean. Um, but then they did throw us the I would say classic Hollywood ending because it is based on true story. Like it's a real ending. Yeah. Um, with her watching him in the club at the end. Um. 
I mean, the whole third act, I basically cried. Like, there were so many <laughs> moments. Like, I think it was when she woke up the first time that I started to get teary, and then just it just kept spiraling. Like, when her parents finally reconciled and they were lying in bed together, like, that made me weepy. Yeah. Um, it's... When his dad was like, I can't hug you, I'm not allowed to hug you. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. it's, yeah. It, um... It's just good. Like, I think everyone should take a chance to like go and see it. Like it's, it's not the most traditional film. Like it's definitely not gonna. It's not like a. It's not a mainstream comedy. It's definitely gonna make you think and like ask questions. And mm. it takes a little while to a little while to get started because it is all about comedy. And some of the jokes that started are not good because they're bad stand-ups. But I didn't realize that at first. So I was just kind of like, hey, come on, like you're telling jokes. Like, yeah. Make them up, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's very sweet and. Very well done, and he's super charming and like really enjoyable. I dug mm. him a lot, and again, I was predisposed to it because I like him anyway. But he's so good in it, and she's really good. And in the whole, actually, the whole family, the, the everyone who plays Kumail's family as well. I think yeah, is very good. they're like, the really mother, good. Yeah. The mother is excellent, and mm. the brother's really good, and the father's great. Like, um, it's just yeah, it's great. Like everyone should check it out. I would, yeah. Recommend it? I recommend mm. it. So how many giraffes are you going to give oh, it? Oh, that's really cool. Um, I'm giving it a nine. Oh, okay. My, I loved it. I yeah. There wasn't a moment where I was bored or uninterested. Like, it was funny, like, when the lights came up and the curtains were closing, I was still crying. You were like, yeah. what did you think? I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And yeah. you were like, you cry? I'm like, a bit. <laughs> um, no, I loved it. Uh, cool. I'm giving it a nine. I'm going to give it an eight. Nice. Eight giraffes. That is a fair score. Yeah. Um, well, we'll leave that for the reviews. I've got another movie that I watched a couple of weeks ago, but we don't need to get stuck in any more reviews. We've been almost going for 40 minutes. Um, so let's talk one trailer for Trailer Trash. Unless... Go on. Oh, hear that production value. Um, did you watch any trailers since last week? If I did, I can't remember them. Oh, we did watch the Westworld trailer. We did. Uh, and it was more of a tease than anything else. It was mm. kind of like things have gone crazy yeah, in basically. Westworld, which we kind of knew already. Um, do you think that uh, Anthony Hopkins' character is dead? I don't know. I really have no idea. Because I wondered um, whether, like, maybe the one that got killed at the end of Westworld was, the one, a, was a robot. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's what a lot of people think. Um, I thought it was interesting that Bernard was with the um, guard people. Mm. I was like, ooh, what's that all about? I think because even though he's now figured out that he's a robot and not a human, I think... What are they called again? Hosts? I think is I think it was yeah. host. Let's go with that. Um, I think maybe he still has this over, overwhelming sense of goodness within him where mm. he's like, look, yeah, we were lied to and we didn't realise what was going on but Anthony Hopkins was my friend like and my and turns out he's my dad as well like I think he cares more for the park and what it means to like in terms of legacy I think than than the other robots or whatever so it'd be interesting to see Uh, we saw Dolores and um, James Marsden I can't remember all their names anymore Mm. like riding shooting people and stuff yeah that's right Oh, I think we cool. saw the the Black Rider. We did. We did see the Black Rider. Because it didn't really look so like... he just put on a hat. That's all he did. Mm. Well, he did, did wear he that hat. He looked up from his hat or mm. something. So we're still not getting any more of that till next year. 
Um, we're a little while away from that. Still. 2018. That's it. Wow. But uh, but it's worth the wait. The same way Game of Thrones is. If they were like, we're taking a year hiatus from Game of Thrones, I'd be really annoyed. But once mm. it came back, I'd be like, yes, this is the best. Mm. Um, and Westworld is excellent as well. Like so, that's worth the wait. I was hoping to. I mean, like, if it's still not coming out for like. And at least half a year, mm. then it would make sense that they wouldn't show any of this. But I want to see some snippets of Future World. Yeah, well, I wonder if they'll even Or, go... like, the other worlds, like the, the Samurai World or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if they'll delve into that straight away or not. Mm. Like, they might do a little bit or maybe they'll wait because... Because the show's based on the mov- on a movie, mm. and the movie is based on just, like, the, the destruction of the park. So, like, the, kind of the end of Season 1 is kind of... Like, Season 1's kind of like a prelude to that story. Yeah. They can kind of take their time. Like they could take one season, two seasons, yeah, to tell the the whole Westworld story before they even move on to the other ones. Um, so I don't know where they're going to go next, but that's kind of the beauty of it. They got they can take their time. There was some other trailer we watched because I remember we watched the Westworld one, and I said to you, "This just makes me want to watch rewatch Westworld." Mm. And then we watched another trailer, and I was like, this just makes me want to rewatch this. Uh, it might have been Stranger Things. Ah, yes. But we, but we already, re- mm. already talked about Stranger That's out Things. soon. That's out in October. So mm. we've got a few more months away. Defenders is out in two weeks, I think. So we've got a couple of shows coming up. Um, the other trailer I watched, uh, which you did, was the new trailer for It. Oh, okay. There's a new one. And it is creepy. Is it? Yeah, it looks... It looks really good, man. Like, it's always dicey when you're going to remake a movie, especially a beloved horror movie, which is based on a beloved book. Yeah. But I think they're just, like... I think they're in for a home run. Like, unless, you know, the trailers are the best bits and everything else is terrible, Mm. I can't imagine them not doing a good film. But it looks like it's going to be scary. Like, some of the shots I saw in this trailer were pretty spooky. Yeah, I kind of don't want to see it. And I also feel like maybe they're going to not tell the story... Of the kids as adults, because in the movie, and I assume the book, which I haven't read, but in the previous movie, or the miniseries, the four hour thing they did, um, it's told in two timelines. So it starts at often. That sounds very Stephen King. Yes, like most so Stephen King probably stuff. is the book, like the book. Mm, so I think maybe in this one, they're just going to do it from the kids' point of view, because we haven't seen any adult stuff yeah. at all, really. Mm. Um, and I guess you could do that as a sequel or something if you want to, but I honestly don't think you need to. Mm. Uh, I think it's fine just to leave it as it is. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's any other trailers. Um, I don't think think there was any. No, I don't think there's anything else we watched. When does it come out? Oh, that's an excellent question. I will look it up for you in two seconds. Uh, It says September 7th. I wonder if that's around. Australian, Australian September 7th or like... Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yes, September 7th for us. So only about a month away, just under a month, just over a month to go. So a... Yeah, I'm not going to go see it. You can go see yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think you will. Yeah. I don't think you would. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it. We've got nothing else to talk about. We uh, didn't do any topics. We'll try and get another guest on before Nick gets back, but it just depends um, on how we go. Uh, next week, I will, we'll probably review... Maybe Dunkirk, mm. or maybe War of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be something out that we'll review, but um, we've got a, a one-two hit this week with our... Yeah. And yeah. also, update, still have not finished Braveheart. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> Such commitment. Yep. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there'll definitely be new movies to review next week, and and a new episode of Game of Thrones. A new episode of Game of Thrones, uh, which we haven't really done like a huge in-depth discussion of Game of Thrones tonight. I think we did more than we did last week. But I think once Nick gets back, although to be fair, I don't know he should be back before the season ends. If he's over before the season ends, I think we'll get a lot more discussion out of is it. Is he watching it over there? Or is no, he he's like, waiting. Oh. Yeah. So I think like so that'll play. So you probably hear. Um, some some repeats in a few weeks' time. You probably mm. hear us like talk about stuff again. He says he's been listening to the show, but I don't know whether he's been skipping over the Game of Thrones stuff or not. He must be because there's no way you want that yeah. spoiled. Um, well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Past the Remote. Tina, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm James Chalmers. See you next time. <laughs>